Hey everyone, welcome back to Launch Codes Football. My name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And today we are talking about week 17 of the NFL season. We have one more week to go of games before the playoffs. Chelsea, how you feeling today? Feeling weird considering every other NFL season, this has been the last week of the regular season. This is the only at least in modern history, the only week in modern history where we have 18 weeks. So cheers to another week of football. I know, right? Hey, the players voted on it. So whether people hate it or not, they voted. So I mean, if they didn't want it, they shouldn't have voted. Exactly. So either way, let's get right into it. We're going to start the week recap with Big Ben yesterday, Monday Night Football. Very emotional game for those of you who were able to watch it. We had Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, playing his last game in Pittsburgh at home. Probably. I mean, unless something crazy happens, you know, they can still make the playoffs. And if something crazy happens there. But this is the last regular season home game for Big Ben in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he's done, but it seems to me like it was a pretty big goodbye and he was taking it all in. And so I thought it was a pretty cool to see at the end, Big Ben hands it off to Najee Harris and Najee runs right in for the touchdown. It's almost like the Browns almost kind of gave it to him. I know they weren't trying to because the game was still within reach, but you know, that was going to be something that Ben Roethlisberger will remember for forever is just hearing the, the crowd cheering Everyone saying, thank you, Ben. It was a very cool, emotional moment. And even though I'm not a huge Steelers fan or anything like that, I thought it was still a really cool moment and just, you know, nice. I think ESPN did a good job of just letting the crowd noise kind of sell the game. You know, the commentators weren't talking too much in that moment, which I think is something that's very underrated by commentators is knowing when not to talk because sometimes you just got to let the noise of the game you know, just kind of carry. So I thought this was really cool. Ben Roethlisberger did his thing, getting a win at home against Cleveland, the team who passed on him for a tight end. Can you believe that? They pass on him for a tight end and for like 15 years now or whatever it's been, he has been dominating Cleveland. And in some ways it's kind of fitting that he wins his last home game against Cleveland after they passed on him. And he's from Ohio. So, you know, that had to hurt him. So, Chelsea, I don't know. What did you think of this emotional goodbye? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm no way a Steelers fan. Ben Roethlisberger was time and time again tough to take down in the regular season and the playoffs during the Peyton Manning era. I mean, Peyton Manning is the second best quarterback of all time. And Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers always played the Colts tough, even when we had Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney and you know all the Indianapolis Colts greats he always played them well I mean he was drafted when what we were little kids so I mean we basically grew up with Ben Roethlisberger just like how we grew up with Eli Manning and Philip Rivers and now they're like all leaving the league and it just makes you feel old and I'm not even old I'm 23 but it makes me feel old yeah, kind of crazy. Very, 
in, you know, just kind of interested to see with this Pittsburgh team, as much as the Pittsburgh fans hate on Mike Tomlin, I think it is amazing to me to see how he hasn't had a losing season. I mean, while at Pittsburgh, and I think that's just incredible. I mean, I really thought Pittsburgh might've been dead in the water this year. And, you know, while Roethlisberger wasn't great yesterday, he was good enough to win the game. And that's all he needs to be. You know, Tom Brady, I would still say he's pretty great at what he does. But like, you know, he's not the Tom Brady he was 10 years ago, but he gets it done. And Ben Roethlisberger, I think, has started to learn how to do that. I think it took him a while to adjust on how exactly to do that. But the Steelers are trying to really lean into Najee Harris, and they're trying to lead in, lean into that run game to get them to the playoffs. And right now, I mean, maybe they're not Super Bowl contenders, but they are playoff contenders right now. Now they have a chance to go get it against the Ravens in Baltimore. It's going to be a huge game. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think I'm I'm impressed with what the Steelers have been able to do after last year's hard end to the season I mean starting out 11 and 0 and then just kind of dropping off by the end of the season I don't know I don't know what you think Chelsea but I'm impressed because I really didn't think that the Steelers would be that good this year but they've stayed competitive you know and they you know like TJ Watt saving the game against the Seahawks I mean that was impressive you know they've had things go their way so I don't know I think we will, it'll be a very interesting end to the season for the Steelers this year. I mean, I think right now the Steelers are just mediocre. I think at the beginning of last season, they were a lot better than they are now, especially their defense. I mean, yeah, they still have TJ Watt who's dominating and they still have Cameron Hayward who's consistent every week and Minka Fitzpatrick. Like they still have those key guys on their defense, but as a whole, they just haven't played the same as they did last year. So that was surprising to me, at least based on the first half of the year. Now, obviously the second half, we saw a drop off, right? And they lost all those games in a row, um, which is very surprising to everyone because the Steelers looked dominant, especially on defense. And then that happened and everyone was like, what's going on with the Steelers? So I think that their defense is definitely the best part of their team. Like if I had to pick their offense or their defense, I would 10 times out of 10 pick their defense. Um, I will make a note. I thought that Ben Roethlisberger should have retired last year with his, at the end of last year, you know, with his injuries and how you could pretty obviously see that he was falling off a cliff, right. From where he was to where he then was, you know, but he decided to come back and give it a final run. And honestly, he's been pretty good this year. Like based on what we saw at the end of last year, he could have been a lot worse this year and he wasn't. So kudos to him for like not going out on a low note, you know, like you never want to see guys and their careers with like the worst game of their career, you know? Mm -hmm. But I mean, as we've talked about this year, the Steelers O-line is notoriously bad, right? I mean, most of the guys on that O-line that are starting are probably second or third stringers on teams with strong O-lines. Um, I will say an amendment to that though, you still have to give them some credit because Najee Harris has 296 rushes this year for 1,172 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, is his average the best? I mean, 
it's not the best. His average is four yards a carry. So, I mean, it's not the best. It's not the worst. But for how much the Steelers O-line has been hated on and for how many injuries they're dealing with and their lack of depth and their lack of real starters, the fact that Najee Harris has almost 1,200 yards with one game remaining is pretty impressive. Like, you would not think watching the Steelers that he would have that many yards. I mean, that just proves to you how much they use him, right? They're just running him over and over and over and over and over. So, but I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. If the Steelers had a strong O-line, like what the Colts have or what the the Saints have or any of those teams, I mean, Najee Harris would probably have 1,500 rushing yards. If he has 1,100 behind a line of guys that are second and third stringers on strong O-line teams, I mean, if he had a solid O-line, he'd probably have at least a couple hundred more yards, if not more. So you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, They've obviously had receiver issues this year. Um, Chase Claypool is, I don't even know what he is. I don't know how Mike Tomlin is surviving that, but he is. Juju's been out with an injury, right? I mean, they've had some drop issues. So like I said, I would take the defense over the offense, but you do have to give credit where it's due. And Ben Roethlisberger has made the most of what he could, right? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger went from having Antonio Brown, who, you know, arguably if had, if he had continued his career on the trajectory that it was on, could have been a hall of famer and maybe the best wide receiver ever. You know, he went from him and Le'Veon Bell, who was dominant to, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and Najee Harris. And not that those guys are bad, But when you go from that and you lose like three cornerstone linemen you've played with for 10 years, like the team's going to look different. And for how different the team looks, I think he did a really good job. I mean, he could have been a lot worse, especially behind that O-line. I mean, the dude's been pounded this year, the entire season because of his O-line. So, and he is still putting up decent stats. So kudos to him. I mean, I'm glad that He got the ovation that he did because even though I'm not his biggest fan, I mean, he he admittedly is what Pittsburgh is known for, right? He is the face of Pittsburgh. They said on the broadcast yesterday that the naming rights for Heinz Field, I'm pretty sure, are up after this year. Ben Roethlisberger also may retire after this year. No two things in Pittsburgh are more synonymous with the Steelers than Heinz Field and Ben Roethlisberger. So if Ben Roethlisberger retires and Heinz Field gets named something else, you really do know that it's a new era in Pittsburgh because those things have been Pittsburgh for, I mean, over a decade. Can't wait for the new crypto field, right? Or Dogecoin yeah, field, crypto, right? Yeah, <laughs> crypto.com stadium. Seriously, couldn't make it even more of a mouthful than it already is. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I I agree. I think, yeah, I think, and it's just going to be an interesting way to end it and kind of transitioning into our next topic here, because you mentioned him. I think we got to talk about him. Probably one of the the biggest stories in the whole of the whole NFL week. Antonio Brown storms out of Jets stadium in anger, ripping his shirt off and his gear and everything, leaving his like pads and everything on the bench and says, peace to the crowd and uh, he shoots he up said, a peace sign boy bye he said i'm gone middle of the game in the middle of the game man just leaves um basically i believe there was some issues between him and the coach on the sideline um he didn't like it 
coach said, all right, tough luck, basically. And yeah, I mean, and we have what we have now, Antonio Brown probably being done in the NFL, which is honestly, that sucks for Tampa because they're already kind of short at receiver. I mean, they're still, they've still got pieces and they'll still make it work, I think. But, you know, Antonio Brown, even though he was what the third receiver on that team is still one of the best in the league, which is just just crazy. And it shows you how good the receiving core is, but you know, I just, I don't know this was just, I don't think anyone was surprised by this. Were were they like, I hate to say it, I think, but I think that it's just, it's not really surprising to me. I think probably Antonio Brown has mental issues and that's something that, you know, in all seriousness needs to be addressed in, in a serious manner. Um, So I'm not making light of that. I, I, I mean, he may, I guess he may not have that. We don't really know, but it, it definitely seems like it, the erratic behavior and things like that. I mean, I don't know if it's from playing football or what. I mean, we saw what Vontez Burfecht did to him. You're telling me there was no in, long-term injury off of that hit or other hits, you know? I don't know. So, honestly, um, I kind of hated to see this, but it did kind of get the Tampa Bay Bucks going because after that, they started moving the ball and they ended up beating the Jets on a game-winning drive. Wow. Spoil. I mean, shocker. Tom Brady beats the Spoiler Jets. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Tom Brady driving down the field to score a touchdown against, against the, Jets. the Jets. I think. I mean, if, what's new? If this was Tom Brady's last year, how funny would it be? I mean, he he beat the Bills. He beat the Jets. He's just beaten that whole like, I'm just like, this man is just doing what he wants to any team. He's dominating his old division without even being in his old division. He beat, yeah, he beat the Patriots earlier this year in Foxborough. I'm like, literally this man, this man's crazy. He's just, I think they, um, and it's just, I mean, he's just literally doing what he's been doing for years. And he's just he on said, another you team. aren't done with me yet, boys. Exactly. You thought just because I moved conferences, I wasn't done whipping you. So I don't know, crazy stuff with that. I mean, still an impressive game. I mean, they were just not playing well. Um, and then they just turned it back on and that's what Super Bowl contenders can do. So I don't know, but Chelsea, do you think Antonio Brown is done in the NFL for good now? Are we ever going to see him on another, for another down, another play? I mean, let's think about it. Like I was talking about in the Ben Roethlisberger segment, I mean, Antonio Brown was unarguably the best wide receiver in the league for a couple of years and was 100% on track to make the hall of fame and Mm -hmm. was making his case to be one of the best, if not the best ever based on the trajectory his stats were taking. Now, obviously with the way his career has gone after that, the likelihood of those things happening is very, very low now, but I mean, the dude fell off a cliff. I mean, he was, amazing in Pittsburgh and then he just started doing dumb things and then he went to other places and did more dumb things and I just it's it's honestly heartbreaking 
I am in the boat that thinks that he does have mental issue, um, which is sad and needs to be addressed and he needs legitimate help. I hope he doesn't flee from that out of embarrassment or pride or whatever it may be. I hope that he legitimately goes and, you know, tries to figure out something that he can do for himself. Um, He definitely needs prayer at the least, but I mean, I don't see another team taking a chance on him unless they are 100% desperate. And I don't know if any team is going to be that desperate again. Now there were reports that Bruce Arians said that he was off the team, right? You know, after the game and everything. I read something today that said he has not been officially released, that the NFL and the NFLPA are trying to figure out how to go about this situation, maybe in a different direction than people thought, which if they're doing that because they're legitimately worried about his health, I'm glad that they're doing that. Now, he very well may have actually been released. I didn't, you know, read to comparative reports or anything, but I just saw a headline that said he hadn't officially been released from the team. Um, I hope that someone goes and finds him and takes him somewhere safe, you know, where he can go and chill out for a bit because something's just off. And it's just sad. I mean, even Tom Brady expressed after the game, he seems to indicate that there was stuff going on that didn't have anything to do with football. So, I mean, really, none of us are ever going to truly know because we're not there, right? And we're not around Antonio Brown. We don't know Antonio Brown as a person. We don't know everything he's been through. We don't know his true medical history that hasn't been revealed to the public, right? So, you know, there are just some things that we're never going to know. So I'm not going to speculate on those. But as for him getting another chance in the league, I don't know. I think the chances are very slim unless someone literally has no other options because there are guys you can always sign that are not Antonio Brown. Are they going to be as good as Antonio Brown? No, definitely not, especially prime Antonio Brown, but there's always going to be someone else that you can pick up. That is not him. Um, I don't know. It just, it's just heartbreaking. I hope that he gets the help that he needs. Um, it definitely hurts the bucks because the bucks lost Godwin already to a season-ending injury. They are presumably losing AB forever, presumably. I mean, Mike Evans is still dealing with a hamstring injury. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they have Gronkowski, but apparently he like fractured three ribs and punctured his lungs. So I mean, who knows what percentage of healthy he is. They lost Leonard Fournette. <laughs> so I mean, and they're they're still going out there and still beating people. So I mean, that just proves, you know, how much their defense has rebounded for one since the beginning of the year and how good Tom Brady is. Um, I mean, if you have a good defense, you have Tom Brady. I mean, Tom, we've seen for years, Tom Brady can make a bunch of nobodies looks like look like superstars. So I mean, this is really nothing new. Like <laughs> Tom Brady never had the receivers that he has has now in Foxborough. Like Tom Brady. Never had a Mike Evans in Foxborough. He did Never have Randy a, Moss, though. A, but not prime Randy Moss. But, like, pretty good Randy Moss, though. I mean, like, yeah. But if you subtract Randy Moss, I mean, he never had a Mike Evans. He never had a Godwin. Not that the guys that he had were awful. I mean, he had Wes Welker and, you know, a bunch of other guys. 
But if you had put those guys on other teams, does anyone legitimately think that they had been as good as they were if they were not with Tom Brady? Because everyone knows Tom Brady makes everyone around him better. Tom Brady makes the best players in the league around him better because he's Tom Brady. It's just what he does. So I think the Patriots will be fine. I mean, they might have a dropped ball or two that they might not have, you know, if Antonio Brown was catching it. But I mean, regardless, I think that they could probably still make the NFC championship if they play well and put up points. So, I mean, like I said, we've seen Tom Brady do this for his whole career with a bunch of people. No one knew who they were until Tom Brady made them notable. Right. So, I mean, I don't think it'll be an issue. That's fair. I mean, yes, I do agree. He's like made people who have, who probably wouldn't have been as good, even better. Like, um, Wes Welker, like you said, I mean, Danny Amendola, um, Rex Burkhead all became like yeah. household names because they and were on the Patriots. Like, so it's not but, like those guys were bad players on their own. Like they weren't, they but, were good players, but, but if they had not played with Tom Brady, they would not be as notarized in history as they currently are. But I do want to say that Tom Brady had Gronk, which who's still has him, and he's one of the best tight ends of all time, and Randy Moss on the same team at one point. Um, but I do see what you're saying. As far as the receiver position, a lot of times he has made um, small like route runners look very good. So I can see that. But either way, I think... Personally, uh, just to give a quick um, take into this, Antonio Brown's best chance of coming back to the NFL is if Tampa Bay calls him. I think after that, I don't really see how or why another team would want him. Or why yeah, I don't they... foresee Mike Tomlin being like, Antonio Brown, would you like to return? Like, that's not going to no, happen. No I don't way. see Bill Belichick being like, hey, buddy, come on back. We could use some drama. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, so I think Antonio Brown's best chance is if Tampa calls him because and says, you know what, can we just go to the playoffs with you and just win a, win a Super Bowl? Like, we just need a few games out of you. And then... I don't know if he'd be done after that, but we'll see. If he wins a Super Bowl and doesn't do anything in the playoffs, that's too crazy. He actually might still have a chance in the NFL, honestly. But we'll see what happens. So next we're going to move on to the game picks. We have three games picked this week. And since we've talked a lot about the Steelers, might as well throw in their game against the Ravens. So Chelsea... I see that you picked the Steelers to win this game against the Ravens. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs now. And because they're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think they're going to bring Lamar Jackson back because I want, they want to make sure that Lamar Jackson can play for the next 10 years. So I don't foresee him playing. It'll probably be Huntley again, unless Lamar Jackson just convinces John Harbaugh to let him play and on the smallest chance that they can make the playoffs. But, I mean, the probability of them making the playoffs is very small now. still exists, but it's very small. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers just because I think that they're going to be riding high with Ben Roethlisberger's last game at home. I think that Najee Harris is underrated, and I think that T.J. Watt can probably chase down Tyler Huntley if he tried hard enough. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. I think they'll ride high off of the last game that they just had. Very emotional game for them, and I think that 
that momentum will carry them. A lot of times when you have big emotional games, sometimes you can have a deflating performance, but I think with the Steelers still having a winning record on the line and, um, you know, still a shot at the playoffs, I'm going to say I think that they will win this game. I will say, though, side note, I don't think that it was the lack of Lamar Jackson that killed the Ravens season. I think it Mm. was everything else. (laughs) All of the injuries that they suffered in the secondary really killed them, especially Mm -hmm. when you're playing against the likes of Joe Burrow and, you know, Lamar Jackson, that kills you. And then you lose like four running backs and that's the identity of your team. Like, yeah, Lamar Jackson is really good. And yeah, Lamar Jackson can run the ball, but ultimately Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. Like he cannot do the whole offensive game plan by himself, you know? And I mean, I think that the guys that they picked up have filled in as well as you can expect. But when you lose two, three, four starting caliber running backs and three to four starting caliber superstar secondary players, I mean, you're just you're just not going to be able to get to where you are. I mean, yeah, it's the next man up mentality. But when you lose (laughs) a third of your offense and a third of your defense, that's just tough. Like Lamar Jackson going down didn't help. But by the time Lamar Jackson went down, they were kind of already sinking. All right. I I can agree with that. So next we've got the Chargers at the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Chargers. The Raiders, I mean, both of these teams have the same record. Um, Oh, I know. And I think this will be interesting. I mean, the Raiders got to win this one. Um, but mm. I do think Justin Herbert and the Chargers will be able to get it done over the Raiders. I do think they are better all around. I mean, the Raiders like are weird. They're not bad. They played well sometimes, but sometimes they play really bad. Oh, I know. Are we going to get good Raiders or are we going to get bad Raiders? Who knows? So I'm going to go with yeah, the Chargers. Who knows? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you sound salty. I am salty. My coworker at work is a Raiders fan and he was texting me Raiders gifts today. I was like, first of all, record. Let's like compare those. Uh huh. Ones and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, touche. I was like, indeed. <laughs> but I'm also going to go with the Chargers. I think the Chargers are better all around. I think the Chargers have a better shot of making some noise in the playoffs than the Raiders do. I mean, the Raiders talk about a tumultuous season, right? I mean, you lose rugs to prison, right? You lose our net to prison. I think, I mean, at minimum, he got released. You lose John Gruden to who even knows, like various strange things that happened. Apparently another one of their rookies got arrested for like a DUI or something after the Colts game. So there's another one. (laughs) They have the entire NFL looking into them almost as much as the NFL is looking into Washington, which is a whole other story. Let's not talk about that, but they just have had just the worst weird mediocre season ever i mean they still have josh jacobs who's really good they still have Derek carr who's like above average and like they still have hunter renfro and and zay jones who clearly are also above average if you're playing the colts i guess but yeah i'm still gonna go with the chargers um i think that herbert has too much on the line to be able to be taken down by a divisional rival with the playoffs on the line. So I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. 
All right. We will see on that day. Will we get good Raiders or bad Raiders or good Chargers or bad Chargers? Or who knows? Or maybe mediocre it's a- Raiders and slightly above average Chargers. Who knows? Who knows? It could be an offensive shootout. Who knows? They're Next- both inconsistent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Next, we've got Cowboys at Eagles. So I'm actually going to go with the upset pick. I'm going to pick the Eagles. The Eagles are at Ooh, home. Boy. They're playing the Cowboys, a division rival. The Eagles have put up a lot of points in the past few games. They showed, they've they shown they can score points. I know the last game they didn't have many, but they still won the game. And Shout so, out to Nick Sirianni, ex-offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. You go, buddy. And so I just think that the Eagles have a legit shot at this. I mean, I saw, I know the fans tried to take out Jalen Hurts the other day, <laughs> you know, and that might have killed their playoff shot, but it didn't happen. So thankfully, and so, you know, I think the Eagles have a real shot at this. This is a big game for them. And, you know, they're not that far behind the Cowboys, which is kind of crazy to think about because we thought the Eagles were just not going to be that good this year, but they're, and the Cowboys, I think they should be better than they are, but they have proven they're not always in sync and they're not always clicking. I mean, the other day they win by like 40 points. Then last game, they lose to Arizona, who's not a bad team. Don't get me wrong. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. It's just interesting to kind of like see how the Cowboys have went from one of the dominant teams in the NFC to just good, but, you know, they're not always consistent. So I think the Eagles have a real shot at this. If they lose to the Cowboys, they do. You know, that's it happens. But I don't know. The Eagles are playing for something here, and I think they can take this. You know what the funniest thing about the the Cowboys is? What's that? I'm pretty sure last week they had the one seed. That's hilarious. Right. I know. So, but when you say that you're surprised that the Cowboys are inconsistent, are you really? Because isn't that the NFC East every year? Every year, all of the teams are inconsistent. Like some of them start out good and then like end badly. Some of them end up bad, but then end good. It's like, do we, the mediocrity of the NFC East never surprises me because it's been that way for practically my entire life outside of when, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But I mean, really outside of that, I mean, it just, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I will say, though, I do think the Cowboys are better than the Eagles, and I do think that the Cowboys, do they statistically still have a shot at the one seed, or have the Packers kind of locked it up now? The Packers have already locked it up. Okay. Well, they're still going to want to get the highest seed possible. So, I mean, they're going to be fighting for higher seeding because that will theoretically give them easier competition and, you know, the first round that they play or whatever. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think that the defense is going to show up. Not that Jalen Hurts is going to be bad, but I think that the defense will be able to hold them to enough to not enough points to be able to win. But honestly, I don't really know what's up with the Cowboys. I mean, sometimes they look like the most dominant team in the NFL, unarguably. Right. And then other weeks you don't, you don't know what happened to them. It's like one week they're like killing someone by 40 and the next week they get crushed by 30. It's like, well, you don't really know what you're going to get. So, but I do think this week that the Cowboys are going to win. I'm pretty sure the Eagles are already, have already locked up a 
I don't uh, think they locked it, but their their chances went card? way up. They, I don't think okay. they locked it, but they their chances went way up. I wasn't sure if they up. had or not. But regardless, I'm pretty sure they're still going to get into the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Cowboys just because I think, generally speaking, they're more talented. The level of consistency concerns me, but it is what it is. Consistency only really matters when you're in the playoffs because if you do enough to get there and then you're consistent in the playoffs, you can win a championship. So, I mean, as long as you get there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be a very interesting last week. There's going to be plenty of heartbreak, broken TVs, you know, angry fans, tears. happy fans, tears, joy, or sad. Dude, apparently there's going to be a bunch of Jaguars fans wearing clown masks with with their owner's mustache. That's like league known to be an epic mustache. They're like all going to wear clown masks with his mustache on them because they want him out. Side note, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since I believe 2014. And that's the team that we're playing to get into the playoffs. Am I really that worried because Jacksonville is just terrible this year? No. But is there a small, tiny piece of me that thinks, you know, who always plays us hard? Jacksonville. (laughs) I mean, last year we literally lost our first game to them. So am I like the tiniest bit scared? Yes, but do I think that generally speaking, we'll be fine? Yes. If we miss the playoffs because we can't meet the, beat the Jaguars, we don't deserve to be there anyways. So there. All right. Hot take from Chelsea, but it's not really a hot take on this. It's really not. If you can't beat the Jags, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. All right. Well, there you have it. Episode 31 in the book. So thank you everyone for listening. Chelsea, do you want to outro us? Yeah, sure, dude. So, hey, everyone, tune back in next week for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Launch Codes Football. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next week or you can listen to us next week, depending on how you get your content. This is why this was awkward, but I'm pointing at you. That's fair. Be involved do what you <laughs> do what you do. It's okay. All right, everyone take care. Have a good night or morning, whatever you're doing. So thanks for listening. See ya.